Glad you could join us for episode 153 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we complete our analysis of James Cameron's cyberpunk thriller, Dark Angel, starring Jessica Alba, Michael Weatherly, and Jensen Ackles. We're at the end. Uh, I'm sorry to see it go. I actually today was looking at the four novels that followed up the series. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I say that every time, but I know we've mentioned it before. But yeah, I'm still like, hey. Well, obviously, it was brought to our attention by the right. listeners. Actually, uh, bid on one on eBay today, so we'll see. Nice. But tonight, we're obviously here to discuss the series finale, Season 2, Episode 21, Freak Nation. But before we get to that, Wayne and I want to remind you, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi-tv-rewatch-gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the Leave Voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip, send the MP3 as an attachment, or just send us a tweet at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, and we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. So really no news tonight. The only thing I want to mention, as you know, we witnessed the series finale of Castle. Yeah. Did you finally see it? I did see it. Yeah, it was okay. really good. Now, I guess the interesting thing, and I certainly did some reading on the internet, how much time did they have? And okay, it's really only been less than a week, so I'm not going to spoil anything here, but there's an ending and then there's another ending. Right. And the first ending was how they planned to end the season if they were coming back. Right. When they found out they weren't coming back, then they recorded the second ending. Okay. Which is kind of what I thought. Yeah. So, and, and you can kind of tell because there's, it's very dialogue light. Right. As yeah. in none. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, I mean, I, I don't want to say, when you say tacked on, it makes it sound like I think it was a bad thing. Well, actually, I thought it was kind of nice. I, exactly. Yeah, I liked it. And, um, and, and so I, when I call it tacked on, I mean, it has absolutely zero to do with the story that was happening in the episode itself. Although it did call back to an episode from season six, uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but that was the time traveler episode. Do you remember that one? Yeah. With uh, Josh, Josh Gomez. Yeah. And he kept calling her Senator Beckett. And mentioned Oh, did they say did they call her Senator Beckett? Called her Senator Beckett and uh, you know mentioned that she and Castle had uh, a certain number of children. Oh uh, uh, we'll just leave it there. So, so was she was she did, did they didn't well, say anything like though, did they? Well no 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 they didn't, but then in I'm not sure if it was this beginning of this season, but there was a move for her to run for office. Right, right. But so, I mean in that little bit they should at the end. No, no. Which we just I mean, you might as well say what happened there. No, the no, don't it. spoil right. it. No. We already did. Well, no, we didn't. We pretty much did. Well, okay. Well, let's not spoil it anymore. <laughs> I, I think the damage is done. <laughs> All, All right, right. I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, but yeah, anyway. it, it was it was nice though, and it, you know, and we knew it was coming. I I didn't. Well, I guess probably. I mean, it's pretty early in the episode. Like I didn't when I started watching. I didn't realize it was the last one, but you know, they were throwing so much stuff in there, like. Like the uh, the plot lines were coming fast and furious, so I'm like, oh, this might be the actual last episode. I think. Yeah. So. Well, I've also had in the works, and and it's pretty much done a take five that addresses the Dark Angel movie petition, and and just you know making movies of shows like Dark Angel, Firefly, reboots, whatever, 
And, you know, certainly since Castle came to an end on all the Firefly Facebook groups, uh. everybody's a buzz. Well, Nathan Fillion's available. Come on, let's go. And, and, and again, I don't want to go ahead and shoot my bullets now, but uh, that, that'll be coming up sometime soon. Just a little short take five on my okay. thoughts on well, don't, that. Don't shoot those bullets yet, no, buddy. No, So, well, listen, why don't we get into Dark Angel? Yeah. Episode 21 of season two, Freak Nation. This one was written by James Cameron and Charles Egley, who did the story. Ira Stephen Barr and Renee Echeverria wrote the teleplay. This was directed by James Cameron, and apparently he was a last-minute replacement for the director who dropped out. Now, I haven't found any information about who that director was, but certainly James Cameron did a fine job here. Uh, this one aired May third, two thousand two. He's, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah. He's, he's some of his stuff is palatable, but yeah. Yeah. Now we had a few guest stars. Certainly prominent was Lita, who was a pro wrestler at the height of her career at this time. Of course, I've never heard of her, <laughs> but her yeah. her wrestling name apparently was Miss Congeniality. And okay. obviously, she played the leader of White's Strike Force team. Yes, she did. Now, I didn't notice him actually in the episode, but I certainly did in the credits. Tamo Pennicut, who obviously we know from Dollhouse, Battlestar really? Galactica. Who was he? ND Cop, whatever that means. So I'm assuming he was one of the Seattle policemen, but really? I don't know that for sure. Wow. But the other interesting thing was that in the credits, both his first name and last name were spelled differently than they are now. Now, I thought maybe they made a mistake, but I went back to IMDb, and it's like, no, at the time, that's what he went by, so for what that's worth. Now, the last one was the guy that played the police lieutenant, Clemente. Right. He looked he looked familiar. Rick Worthy. Well, he's currently playing Dean Fogg in The Magicians. He was in The Man in the High Castle, and maybe that's where you recognize uh, him from. Probably, yeah. And then, like so many of the people that have been in Dark Angel, he appeared in eight episodes of Battlestar Galactica. So. Right. I know. There's a big crossover there, isn't there? Yeah. But I really loved his character in, in, yeah. in this show. And, yeah. uh, you know, again, obviously we'll talk a little bit about what if, what if there was a season three where they might have gone. I mean, not not a lot, but but I, I would certainly have hoped we would have seen him because he was such a great character. I, I mean, obviously they were setting him up to be, I wouldn't say a, a, a major cast, but certainly a member of the cast for season three, you know, they right. totally were setting that one up. Uh, yeah. And setting them up to be in that position where he's clearly a good guy who's got a job to do, but once he meets Max and sees what she's about, and I think sees the transgenics up close and personal that he's probably going to start questioning really whether or not he should be doing what he's doing. And, and when he meets somebody like white, you know, that just sends him off in that direction probably much quicker yeah uh, some is the guy who is like always be like you know kind of looking the other way like all right get get these guys out of here you know or something like that you know like, all right well you know but not, not that anyone needs help breaking out of prisons because this show has proved that you know, obviously breaking out of prison is like the easiest thing to do in the world but yeah yeah but, but the kind of guy who's like was sympathetic to the transgenics but yet still working with the authorities you know yeah. Now, I certainly can't say I'm sorry to see White's status within the conclave diminished because any dislike I had for White just like quadrupled in oh this episode. Yeah. Oh, such an right. asshole. 
I know. Um, <laughs> but hats off to the actor, man, because like he really like man, he he played that, you know, like he he really I mean, White was always very unlikable, but he went from very unlikable to nauseatingly unlikable in this right, one. Right. And that was what was so great that when he came face to face with Lieutenant Clemente, he didn't back down an inch. Now, please tell me they had a plan to cure the virus in the season three premiere. <laughs> I mean, from the from the reading I did I, I know they didn't, and you know that, that there is one line that White utters at the uh, end of the episode that we'll talk about when we get there. That uh, you know, I certainly know where they apparently plan to go with season three, but man, that virus bitch has to go. Yeah, well, you know, they weren't getting rid of it anytime too soon, as you know, you know, Logan had the uh, the gloves on. Yeah. Is there anything more tense than a hostage situation? So no. as a plot device, I thought it was really great. And I also really love the way they developed it because it was really halfway through everybody's back in Jamponi and we've still got 30 minutes to go to you know, get this thing taken care of. So I really like the fact that they used that seeing the transformation of several characters, most prominently normal really kind of sets the tone for season three. You know, I mean, Cindy didn't do anything unexpected. I mean, certainly it was welcomed, but I I think we really have a pretty good grip on who original Cindy is. But normal, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that uh, normal transformation was, you know, he he goes from, you know, pulling a gun on the transgenics to helping deliver a baby to publicly saying that they're not so bad. Yeah. And, and I mean, is there a more noble character than original Cindy and not to take no. anything away from Logan right. because he certainly has put his life on the line continually, but it's a life he's chosen, you know, and that doesn't detract from him, but man, Cindy, I don't know what to say. Yeah. She was, she was fantastic, man. She really, um, yeah, we've, I mean, we've all, we always admired her character throughout this whole you know, our discussion of the whole show. She's always been a favorite of ours, and to see her kind of step up and, as a hero in this one was uh, was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't have too many voiceovers in this one. I know that really yeah. cut you to the core, but yeah. the opening scene, we see that moving camera shot yeah, going past good. the Space Needle to the reporter in the heart of Terminal City. I was, I was City. worried when I saw it approaching the Space Needle, I have to admit. <laughs> they just well, kept on going. Well, yeah, but what about the ending scene? Well, we don't, we don't want to jump ahead too quickly. Right. But we find out that Terminal City's been closed 10 years after the massive toxic spill. And, of course, we knew about that. There's no water, no electricity. And, you know, we, once we get inside, we find out that they've got generators. So they're you know, obviously generating their own electricity, but obviously the problem for them is getting supplies in. And, and of course we see Max ride up as the protesters are yelling insults, throwing bottles and God, how ugly was that? Yeah. Yeah. It's and the, the burning X, which is, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of things that they're you know, getting out there. I mean, most first and foremost, the, you know, the, the Ku Klux Klan, and uh, burning crosses is a sign of racism, uh, very much evident of that. And, uh, you know, I thought also, I don't know, is it because like, you know, but why an X, you know, because they didn't want to put a cross up there. I get they don't want to have like an actual burning cross. That would be going too far. You know, also is it because like X-Men, like mutants, you know? Well, it could be, or X-Files was, you know, right. still pretty yeah. popular. Like a shout out to the X-Files, right? Coming then, to I had the end of its run. Right. You know, St. Andrew, 
the apostle was crucified on an X, like not a regular cross, he's crucified on an X. So I don't if there was like then also kind of referring to like martyrdom then as well. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, and Max sees this and says two million years of evolution and this is what we get. And then of course we see the reporter looking at her cameraman, tell me you got that as Max, you know, jumps over the fence uh, on her bike going up the ramp. But as ugly as that was, you know, I mean, it, it, it's certainly, I mean, look, we have to consider that some of the thematic ideas in this episode are still things that we're concerned about in 2016. I don't know that I've ever seen anything that vitriolic. Yeah, well, you know what I thought, and obviously it was right bang on the heels of it, but it was kind of like, I mean, if you remember what the atmosphere around the country was like right after 9-11, especially with the xenophobia with anyone who was, you know, of the Muslim faith, or, I mean, a guy was killed who was a Sikh just because he had a turban on. Yeah. Do you you remember that? I, I do, yeah. So... I mean, that's what I thought they were definitely, you know, kind of referring back to that. Um, and, you know, it, I didn't see anyone in the news like that bad, but that certainly was the, the, the you know, the kind of the tenor of um, the country at that time. But then we had 9-11, as you mentioned, and then things really, really changed for the worse. But Joshua painting that flag for the transgenics, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was so emotional yeah, that's when, cool. When he shows it to us the first time, obviously when we see it at the end of the episode, it, it, it's just, I mean, it's really tough to fight the tears back. But, you know, at this point, he's got the red and white flag with the dove. You know, he talks about the black section that represents where we've been forced to live in the dark. And here's the white, you know, because we want to go out into the light and, and be able to live free. Wow, just really powerful. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, and it, you know, it was just, it was really cool because, you know, who better to, to talk about it and to explain it than Joshua, right? I mean, like, as far as like emotional sincerity and everything, it was just, it was awesome. Well, yeah. And it's so easy to forget because of his appearance that his depth of thought is a lot more, I think, deep than a lot of the characters. Although, to be fair, a lot of the transgenics that we met tonight, uh, including mole, you know, they have a lot of depth of thought as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would put depth of thought down to mole. He, but, uh, but he's, cause he's like seeing, seems to be pretty single minded, you know? Well, he does. I, I don't agree with him, but I, I think he's sincere and I think he's thought oh, yeah. it out. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, true. True. Yeah. I can see that. Huh. But, uh, but with Joshua, it's, I mean, it's so much better than all like the dog jokes and everything, you know? Like to have him, I mean, that scene where he explained the flag, to, that was, I think that was like the best scene uh, of, of Joshua in this series. Yeah. I really liked it. No, I, I won't disagree with you on that. Now, what, one thing that was a great scene was when the conclave tells White, we're bringing in another team to take out Max because mm. clearly you're not doing the job. They're known as the Phalanx. And they are the elite of the breeding cult's warrior line. And, and Thula is the team leader who played by Lita, the, the pro wrestler. And, and obviously when we see the later fight scene, she's pulling out all her wrestling moves. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Well, I mean, I, obviously I should have known she was a pro wrestler from the, yeah, the moves she was pulling, but 
I was just seeing abs. Yeah, and, and uh, Jessica <laughs> Alba really held her own there because I'm sure they didn't use yeah. a stunt double. Are you being? I am. Okay. <laughs> Although I did read that, you know, for the series that she did do a lot of training and did learn how to ride a motorcycle. So yeah. I guess some of the scenes throwing down the professional wrestler that might be where you draw the line. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Max goes to Logan's, which he's now living at Joshua's house, which I thought was pretty cool and wants him to record uh, the latest lettering that's appeared on her back. And yeah, how she know? Well, you know what? I thought the same thing. So that I get my guess is that lettering has been appearing, I guess, on her arms, you know, abdomen, areas she could see. So she maybe just routinely looking in the mirror. I mean, okay. that's the only thing because I thought the same thing you did. Yeah. But I, I was because really, he's like, how long has it been there? She's like, oh, a couple of days. I'm like, how do you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she probably, I guess she would you know, check everything. But it was really interesting how nervous they both were when, you know, he lifts her shirt or I forget whether he lifts it or unzips it or whatever, but they're both really nervous. And, you know, then he mentions that it must have been there in her genome since the beginning. And obviously Sandeman has left messages. And again, I don't know why. I don't think it's really ever explained why they're coming out now. I mean, is it some kind of timing mechanism? Yeah, and they're in the hieroglyphs, right? So, like, did Sandman assume that when these things started appearing on her, like, Max would be able to track down someone who knew hieroglyphs? You know, it's like, I don't know. But you're right in that the scene is very intimate. And it's, I think, it's like a sex scene. Yeah, it is. You know? And there's even the awkwardness at the end where she just, like, leaves, like, with, like, they, they're done. You know, like, they've done the act and... And she's embarrassed, and he's embarrassed, so she just leaves. Right. right. I mean, and the whole thing was just painful to watch. And like you said, it really they're both embarrassed over what they've done. And after he leaves, and I didn't notice this the first time, he dunks his gloved hands in bleach. Right. But he has this look on his face as if he's figured something out. And Yeah. But what? I, I don't know. Did we, did we get that? Yeah, it never... Yeah, they never explained that, right? Because yeah, it does. He he does have that definitely that you know eureka look, like oh, I just figured something out. But uh, yeah, not maybe he tell. just thought, hey, maybe if I dip my hands in bleach, I can touch Max. You know? But then you know, extrapolate that, and you're running into trouble. Yeah, exactly. So, well, the scene that sets the plot in motion: Mole and Joshua are out on a you know I'm going to call it a recon run, but it does sound as if Joshua just basically wanted to get out. And they're going for a joyride. They rescue a teen couple, girls about to give birth, and we learn that they're an X5 and an X6. But distracted driving gets the better of Mole, right? Yep. Well, you know, also, what the hell are those guys? Mole's got a good point. What are they doing? Just backing out into the street? Well, right, of course. But had he not been looking in the back seat paying attention yeah yeah absolutely so they get in a crash and and the next thing you know they're under siege end up barricaded in at jam pony and um you know obviously alec helps them which is what you know max suggested but it was really disconcerting to see joshua with a gun and how much he's even picked up even though he still looks uncomfortable holding it. And, and it, it's even this way later in the episode. It's just, it's really something that disturbs me. Clearly 
he doesn't want to be doing it, but it's almost as if it's something he realizes he's had to learn how to do. Well, I think we we see his gradual radicalization here, right? I yeah. Mean, he moves from being this guy who we'd known before, who was you know very peaceful, to someone who is you know he starts leaving with Mole right at the end. Mole says, "Come on, Joshua," and he goes off with him. Like obviously in the militaristic camp of transgenics at this point. Yeah, and Alec takes charge immediately. Everybody falls back on their Manticore training. And, you know, I, I guess we do remember, I mean, certainly there's a, you know, somebody brings it up. It might even be Mole who asks Max, who put you in charge? And she's like, I did. And, you know, that's what X-Fives were bred for, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. All right. Look, I expected Max to help, but jumping on one of the police hovercrafts, <laughs> crashing through the Jampony window. Yeah. Hey, who ordered a pizza? <laughs> that was pretty cool. And... Though at first, when she first jumped on it, it like looked really bad. But after that, though, the special effects were pretty sweet, and uh, it looked actually pretty realistic as far as a person jumping on top of a hovering thing and surfing it through a window can be realistic. All right, and for you guys out there that are old enough to know who Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello are... It almost looked like one of those movies yeah, where went on the surfboard and the against a green screen. Well, yeah, they weren't the using green screens, them and they're like, you know, whoa, you know, like kind of moving back and forth. Yeah, but uh, to me, that line about the pizza saved that whole scene. So now Max comes in, and, and obviously things have really escalated. Understandably, and Max tells Mole that these people, meaning the Jamponi hostages are not the enemy and he responds don't be so sure and you know at this point and i'm not sure i ever really get a definitive answer for myself it's difficult to decide who's really right here I, well i think the the right is what they come up with in the end is that we have to work together okay right yeah. um because normal is not right that the transgenics are evil and mole is not right that they're the enemy. We got to shoot them. I mean, it's just, it's whenever you see another person as the other, right? Yeah. As, you know, that person's not like me. They don't look like me. They don't speak my language. They don't, you know, live in my neighborhood. They don't have the same color skin. They don't have the same religion. So I I have no interest in them or I, I hate them. Uh, because of that and and that's the mentality that they start with and they have to break through so the the person who's right is the people at the end who realize that as they say high school musical we're all in this together okay well but we can't forget though that max and mole have such radically differing perspectives because max uh, looking as she looks has been able to move about freely whereas sure. mole obviously there's never going to be a place for him and his. And so when he says, don't be so sure, you know, he is right. And, you know, we could argue that Max is being naive at this point. And I think she probably is a little bit, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when we get to the end and she says, no, we're, we're going to make a stand. This is our home. And, and obviously they all agree to follow her. I'm not sure how that really is going to end well, but I guess that's what season three would have been for. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, I understood before that how upset fans of the show are 
were and are about its cancellation. But after having seen this finale, and all you can think of is all the places they could go with this show now. I mean, they really opened up to a good place where they could get like, it's just a rich bounty of stories they could have gotten from the situation that they ended up with. So, you know, like if I'm watching this back in 02, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is awesome. I can't wait till next season. It's so excited. And then boom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now I I will say that, and it certainly doesn't make up for it, but I've gotten the idea through things that Kimmy, Gabby uh, have said that the novel's are somewhat satisfying that they do tie up some loose ends. They do push the story forward into, you know, a a, a relatively satisfying direction. But that said, it's certainly not the same. Right. All right. Well, things are getting even tenser inside jam pony. I, you know, normal, I always knew you were a wrong number. You never had me fooled for a second miss. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And and then he starts, it's funny because like, it's, like now he's got to be reflecting and saying, well, I guess it was kind of obvious all along now that I think about it, you know? Yeah. But I think what crushed him even more was when he finds out that Alec. Oh yeah. The well, golden really boy. Hurt. Yeah. The, the, you know, he made the little cake for him and basically did everything except put a Marilyn Monroe dress on to come out and yeah, you're not say kidding. happy birthday to Alec. But he begins to lead a walkout of the humans and then Cindy stops him with arguably one of the most impassioned speeches of the series and really forces everybody else in there to reevaluate their stance towards transgenics. Now that they know that they've been friends with some all along. Right. You know, and yeah. I, I mean, we hear, we hear that line about it's transgenic central, but that's true. Yeah. So like, what's the difference, right? Just because you know they're transgenics now, does that mean that no longer they're good people? I mean, just a couple minutes ago, they, they were fine. Right. So. And, and you see that scene where Cece asks, I, I believe it's Cindy, if she needs a touch up on her barcode. And Cindy right. tells her, no, you're good. While all this is going on, Logan sees it on the news, straps up with his yeah. leg braces. The, uh, the, the big boy pants. Yeah. Heads out. <laughs> And then we cut to the phalanx and realize that things are really about to get messy. And another great scene when White shows up and is unceremoniously told to back off by Lieutenant Clementi. And I guess White's, you know, I guess he's used to getting his way, flashing that ID, and Clementi's having none of it. I'm like, good yeah, for you, like guys. Yeah, he's like, the only picture even looks like you, you know? So he's like... You know, uh, Sam and Dean Winchester would have a tough time with Clemente. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, uh, not to digress here, but on the TV today was an early episode, 2009, of Supernatural. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching Sam and Dean, uh, thinking about how much older that Jensen Ackles looks here. Yeah. But they are at a Supernatural convention Oh yeah. So was this like the, the show <laughs> within great. the show? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's a great one. Okay. Um, yeah. See, that's, I love, that's those, those when Supernatural does that. Those are I truly love those episodes, the meta episodes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I did see that. That was pretty cool. They're watching all of this you know, protest going on on the news, and it's really unclear at this point whether any of the hostages are softening. But what struck me was that image of Joshua standing behind Max with his arms around her. And if that 
doesn't begin the hate melting process, then I don't know. And that's the thing. That's what they, they all have to come to understand is that they're all people, transgenics or ordinaries, whatever. Um, you know, we're all living, breathing, sentient people. Unlike that one lady who they interview, who's like the worst, right? Oh, yeah. Of, of all the interviews that they, they had throughout the show, I think hers is the most sickening one, where she's just kind of like, oh, well, they're not really humans, right? So they, they shouldn't get rights and everything. Um, you know, we're walking down the Holocaust path here now, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing is where you dehumanize uh, someone and then, you know, then you need to start rounding them up, getting numbers and identifying them and rounding them up. And, you know, that's that's the way to genocide. So. We, well, you know why that was even more sickening to me than the other is because she's so calm. She's so collected. It's just right. very matter not, of fact. Yep. I mean, she's yep. not one of these nuts that are at the fence throwing bricks and screaming and, you know, because they just come across as nuts. And it's just terrifying. Mole, speaking of terrifying, I think he realizes, and again, he's not wrong, that the only way this is going to end is with us dead. And it's almost like he's resigned himself to making his last stand, that he's at peace with the fact that he's not going to run anymore. He's going to go down fighting. And, you know, it's it's an image I'll, I'll talk about later, but I, I love his cigar throughout the yeah. whole show. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I mean, how else to convey that he's a kind of like a battle-hardened soldier than to have him go around with a cigar in his teeth the whole time, right? Yeah. Now, just when it's possible that Sketchy has finally risen above, he asks Max for an interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, sketchy. Oh, uh, no. As if the visor thing wasn't bad enough. Yeah, that's hilarious. But yeah. He's so perfect. Yeah, that's what you love about Sketch. Just he's like, oh, look at it. You know, like this so, you know, genuine excitement about something so stupid, you know. Right. Now, you know, we, we talked about Cindy's heroism. And, and in this next scene, you know, they've tried to talk it out with Lieutenant Clemente. They're going to bring half the hostages out first once they get their vehicle. Then they'll. They'll release the other half once they've reached their destination. So they realize that the police know what Max looks like. So they've got to screen her. And Cindy's the first one to jump right in front. Cece says, well, they don't know that I'm transgenic, so I'll get there as well. So the two of them shield Max. And then, of course, uh, the swap is going to go down. But White's snipers open fire, and then, of course, everything goes to hell at that point. Cece gets shot and killed, and they have to uh, not retreat, fall back. Because as, uh, as Mo says earlier, we don't retreat, we just fall back. Right, and, and I think what comes out of this scene is that for the humans, and, and, you know, I hate calling them humans because the transgenics are humans, right? They're well. just... Uh, I guess. Well, maybe, but they're because they're they are genetically altered. So are they? Well, I see. I would say they're genetically are, altered are, humans. Are they, but are they different? Like, does that make them a different species? Though? Yeah. You know? Well, I'm not sure. This I guess that's question. a question. But I think the thing is, it doesn't matter, though, right? I mean, that's the point. It, it is the point, and and I, I mean, I agree with you. And I wonder, is this the turning point for the hostages that have now seen a transgenic death up close? More to the point, an X5 who looks like them, who does not look like, as you said, the other. Right. 
And who was one of their friends, right? Right. And they realized that it was White that escalated the situation on purpose, that White wants this to go to hell. Yes, absolutely. Right. Now, Mole, again, he's such a fascinating character. Again, we wish we could have seen more of him in the series, but we we get that. You know, you can only work in so many characters. But he tells Logan, you're not one of us. And then Logan says, no, I'm not, but I'm standing right here with you, aren't I? Yeah, like, that's a good line. What, yeah. a, what a great response. <laughs> and, and of course, he has been the whole time. And, and, any, and see, that's what I hate about the whole virus thing, because it, it's just kind of twisted the way that we look at Logan and Max. Right. Because it's this, this external thing that's just mucking everything up. Well, and again, I mean, I think that's kind of like the the lesson that uh, people have to learn and get through in, in the episode itself. You know, it's just this kind of the law of common humanity. But yeah, the, the and the, yeah, the, the virus thing. Yeah, it's just you're you know you're just absolutely right. It's just it's just been going on too. Long. I, I can't believe that they dragged it out through the end. I, I thought for sure that they were going to get rid of it somehow. This episode, but, right? Yeah. You know. Well, well, you know, and. Just to get back to the the idea of what humanity really means or what constitutes a human being, well, what about White and his breeding cult? Yeah, yeah, good point. Granted, I guess you could say they're not genetically altered, but I guess you could make a case that in a way they are. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. he's yeah. got jurisdiction now, and I wonder whether Clementi's going to call Max to update her and – you know, right at this point, Max and Logan place Cece's body on the table. And then Max, again, blames herself for releasing the transgenics. And and it's, uh, again, I don't know if you're up to date. Well, oh, no, I'm sorry. You said you're not up to date on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But we see the same yeah. kind of emotions come out of Daisy Johnson and that, that she blames herself. And we understand you're not to blame. Well, yeah. Well, she, you know, Logan yeah. tells no, no, her. She, 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 oh, I thought you were talking about Daisy. Well, I mean, but but she's. I know she was she was innocent. Well, but it's still it's hard to see her in those episodes where she was bad, because she seemed so much like herself before, you know. Right. Like usually when they do that, like people have like their eyes turn black or something. So it's like this kind of like visual indicator that the person is not himself or herself. You know, as they did with Daisy, she was just like she is before, except evil. But it's not her fault. Right, but but we don't like. I, I had trouble internalizing that. Okay, because it just seemed like she straight up had gone over to the other side. Okay, and, and, and you're right because here we never think that about Max. Right, right. She made the call, and look, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And, and again, Logan, he's he's had some just really brief lines, but so meaningful that that he tells her, "Look, you're right. There is no place for them anywhere here." But you know that's the thing about freedom. It's not free. Not free. And obviously that that sounds... That's that's what the Tea Party tells me, at least. Well, (laughs) uh, you could argue that that's a trite phrase, and and I guess there's certain I don't think you really need to argue that. (laughs) It's just obvious. Okay. Cindy's helping the girl that's pregnant, and then suddenly it's like an epiphany (laughs) occurs. Normal takes over because Cindy's doing it wrong. And is this the turning point for him i'd say yes i mean how could it not be yeah oh and also 
we see through the whole process of her giving birth, he's, you know, protecting her the whole time. He says he's qualified to do this is because he grew up on a dairy farm. And I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure a cow's birthing process is a little bit different from a human's. I mean, granted, I get it's the same basic thing happening, but it's, I think, I don't know if you're really qualified to do the one just because you did the other. Well, I guess in this case, he's more qualified than anybody there, so. Yeah, I guess that's a point. And obviously, be that as it may, he does a fine job. Yeah, like he's telling the breathe and everything. Like, is that what you had to tell the cows? (laughs) All right, well, White's team shows up in full gear, and then even Otto doesn't recognize them, and then White basically tells Otto to F off and white tells the team when they carry her meaning max out in a body bag, they'll be cheering. They'll never know. She was their only hope. And had I not gone online and done some research, I would have just, you know, stuck with what I put in my notes. Like, well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. But I do have some idea. I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to go there because yeah. read the book, but Oh, okay. They talk about in the book. Yeah. I mean, I mean, clearly they, they've set up, you know, like Max to be some kind of like, you know, Messiah or something, you know? Right. I don't know if Messiah is the word, but you know, like, like well, no, she, yeah. Yeah, a savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a savior. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know, at this point, you know, Max is even talking about, well, maybe I should just give myself up that I'm the one that they want. But you know, Logan, claims he's translated the runes and and you know this whole when the shroud of death covers the face of the earth the one whose power is hidden will deliver the helpless and of course you know we get some clarification there because as you said you know clearly some kind of a savior messiah figure deliver the helpless well obviously that's who max is attracted to for whatever reason that that you know she wants to help these people and nobody's more helpless than the transgenics that look like mole and joshua yep yeah absolutely but regardless logan thinks something bad something biblical biblically bad is going to happen so again nice setup for the next season well never happened well right uh but it also sets up the next scene when white tells the team to take out anything with a pulse and he's basically telling kill everybody because the transgenics will be the ones that get blamed because you know we'll tell them we didn't kill the hostages transgenics did yeah and again he's such an asshole right and then you know and they go in guns blazing and i'm like oh it's not like we haven't seen that before though right yeah like conclave just coming in and shooting the place up randomly well you know the interesting thing i've always said and and i'm going to stick to this that i I'm not a big fan of fight scenes and certainly not extended fight scenes. Dude, this was 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't wasn't so bad. No, it was awesome. And You know, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm not sure what was the most awesome aspect of it. I I tried to find out where the music came from, who the music is, because, oh my God, it was awesome. Yeah, is it not Chuck D? Well, I don't know. Maybe it is, but... But yeah, it was pretty cool. And you can see how many shows today, because I mean, especially like Arrow, right? Arrow has these big group fight scenes and, oh, and what else? Uh, Legends of Tomorrow does it all the time too. And like, it's like the same moves. Like you're always going to see someone do like the leg sweep and then 
jump kick and everything. Yeah, like it's like the same freaking moves every time. And it's like you see all these people fighting at once. But I think the the uh what they did well for this one is to kind of cut and showing individual people fighting all the time. And within those fights there are other conflicts and little plot lines like normal delivering the baby, trying to keep Jem quiet, Alec getting a royal beat down from the female conclave uh, trooper and then of course the uh, well the fight between joshua and white yeah and then uh you know the the big fight between uh max and the uh the hot red-headed girl yeah and you know if it weren't such a horrific situation i'd say it was kind of cool to see max's team using their manticore training and their hand signals and all of that and you know, as you said, I mean, one of the beauties was the way it was edited. I mean, you know, we've got this intense assault. Meanwhile, the pregnant girl Jem is tr- struggling to remain quiet, and you know, normal. It's just calm, collected, and um, at yeah. this point, I'm thinking. I mean, if it weren't such a horrific situation, I'd say it was kind of cool to see Max's team using their Manticore training, especially the hand signals. But as you said, the the beauty of this scene is that this intense assault's going on. Meanwhile, Jem is trying to give birth. Uh, Normal is calm and collected. But I started thinking about why none of the hostages yelled out to the assault team, hey, over here, we're the hostages. Is it because they've bonded that they've, you know, again, like normal had some kind of a like a little Stockholm syndrome, maybe, or just some sort of an awakening? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I, I, you're absolutely right because I think that you're you're bang on there that they could easily have betrayed them, but they didn't. Yeah. Now it was pretty cool. Max's team drops from the ceiling, takes out most of White's team, leaving Max to face off with the team with the team leader. and we've got the whole transgenic versus breeding cult, which is really what this whole fight is about, I guess, at the end of the day. I think we'd have to say that's been Max's toughest opponent ever. Yeah, I think so. Um, but Joshua saves Logan at one point, then finds himself, as you said, face-to-face with White. And Oh, yeah, the best part. Do you remember, uh, I think, Jimmy Superfly Snooker? Do you ever watch... Pro wrestling back in the day. I never watched pro wrestling no. <laughs> any day. <laughs> she pulled a move that I think Jimmy Superfly Snooker used to do, which was the jump in the air and kind of like grab her head in her legs and slam her to the ground. Well, I think they must have pulled out every move in the uh, WW something something. Whatever. Yeah, but the, the, the Superfly Snooker. I mean, that was like every time we were like goofing around wrestling in the backyard, that was like the. You know, the dream, you know, jump off a fence to try and pull down your buddy and everything. And then your parents saw you, you'd get in big trouble. Yeah. Well, the scene, though, where Joshua comes face to face with White, I mean, it's so heavy because he's he's got him right there. You think he's going to snap his back over his knee. Yeah, which is what he was going to do, I think. And he just got finished saving Logan. And then Max steps in. And doesn't physically save Joshua. She emotionally saves him, right? You know, that that you don't want to do this. And right. she says, because they'll just say, oh, another monster killed a human. But I, I, I think it was so much more than that. I think she really was saving and thinking of his soul and what it would do to him emotionally. I think it's a little both. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely probably the, the main 
motivation for her was that, you know, because Joshua is such, but he's not an innocent anymore, though, you know, like when Annie died, that he, that really, really changed him. Ah, see, I, I, I got to still see him, though, as innocent, you know, I mean, obviously, even after, like, do you see what he's doing the white man? Holy cow, how white survived that in the first place? Well, it's, I understand that. And, and, you know, he's seen these images of Annie. And you understand it's it's that that base instinct to get revenge. Max, you know, steps in, but I don't know. I guess you know. I I see the man that created that flag that we see at the end. Uh huh. And I I guess I just still want to see that purity. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still there, but he's. But you know, I mean, kids grow up. They do. Know, I guess is a thing. That's true. Yeah. Well, and, uh, well, Max stops him from killing White, and he's like, can't keep his mouth shut. We're not finished. <laughs> Fenestral, bitch. And then she flicks his yeah. nose. Yeah. <laughs> that might yeah. be the highlight of the season for me. That was, that, was, that was nice. That was a nice touch. Yeah, I don't know about you. Uh, well, you had sisters, but my brother and I used to flick each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if I even looked funny at my sisters, I got in trouble. So Okay. Uh, well, Normal delivers the baby. And then it's like, there you go, you sweet little soul. And they discover no barcode. And I'm thinking like, well, why would there be a barcode? Yeah, right. I mean, I yeah, assumed. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you assume that, that they happened, uh, you know, that they were tattooed on, right? And not like. That's what I assumed. That born with a barcode. How can you be born with a barcode? That's ridiculous. All right. But of course, you know, when you're talking manticore, you know, like I said, just sitting around with all that weed at night and you know. Well they just say, What do we do now, dude? Hey, let's let's make it so they're bored barcodes, dude. Right. <gasps> dude, this was a great idea, man. Let's do it. Well, obviously the big problem we've been wondering how they were gonna circumvent is how they're gonna get out. And it was brilliant because here yeah. comes Logan, Sketch, and the X fives wearing the riot gear, posing as White's team. Yeah. And yeah, especially and- Sketch like bossing people around telling them to get back it was hilarious yeah and, and again you know sketch has come so far um you know he's still sketch like wanting the interview but lieutenant clement advisor look, yeah looks a bit skeptical at this point but what's he going to do and then in fact logan you know uh white's not somebody that wants to be kept waiting you know go in the yeah, building why would he say that well i think he I, just just to stress uh that well he stresses the thing about a biohazard possibility or something like that I would be like, listen, we're not sure what's going on up there. You might want to call in the bomb squad uh, and the National Guard before you go up there. Yeah. You know, something like, like it says, like, hurry up and get up there. No, don't hurry, because when you hurry and get up there, you're going to realize that the, the, the transgenics escaped, and they're going to you know, chase them down, which is exactly what happened. Right. Well, he gets in the building, and first thing he sees, the hostages are okay. And Normal says, well, you might want to check upstairs. And finds White and the team in their underwear taped to the post. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and he's like, la- it's like, so you want me to go after them? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll go after them. It leaves without releasing them. It's just classic. Yeah. Now, I was a little surprised that Clementi went after them. Yeah, I am too. But, uh, you know, he is an officer, so he's going to have to do his job. Yeah. Uh, Max's team they they you know she they're following her direction and then they finally come to a dead end they surrender on their knees hands on their heads 
Not Max. Not Max walks towards Lieutenant, and it's clear she has a plan, and it's one we've seen before, but now we've got a sense of just how big Freak Nation really is because all of a sudden we hear all the guns cocking. Right. Well, they did. Was it just last episode, right? Was it last episode? The white? Is last one maybe? Yeah, in the alley. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, so there's been a precedent set. Yeah, but I'm wondering, does Max have an inkling that this might be the result, or or was she really prepared to give up? I mean, how did she- No, I, I, she totally knew that this is what was going to happen, okay. right? Okay, okay. Well, because it happened before. Yeah. All right. Clemente walks up to Max, tells her that he knows she kept the day from turning into a bloodbath, but this is over his head. And okay, now this is the Clemente I expected, right? The one that says, now, now granted, you're right. He's, he's doing his job. He's, he's been, you know, hired to protect the city. This is what he thinks he's, he should be doing. And then he tells her, listen, I hope you make the right decisions because I'm not going to be able to help you. And, you know, we've got. Sure you will, buddy. That's why you were brought on. Well, yeah. So is she a messiah? Is she a savior? Yes. Does she want to be? No. Will she take the job? Yes. Well, of course not. I mean, you know, yeah. even Jesus had no was like, well, but the ex- I, don't, I don't want this job. Well, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Well, yeah, so well, true. It's a big responsibility, right? For, for one person to have the, the charge of saving everyone. That's, that's no small thing. Yeah. Obviously. Well, when you get to shield, you'll see uh, quite a few. Uh, stop it. Just stop with the spoilers, man. Well, You're just, killing me. just the whole, you know. Okay. All right. I will. <laughs> Christ figure. You just can't resist. I can't. So I'm sorry. I haven't watched I it. Know, Dave. I, I should know. have watched it. It's okay. a double episode, man. I understand. Like, All right. Well, listen, obviously now the problem is what to do because they acknowledge that the national guard's going to establish a perimeter and, we're left to wonder, okay, that's fine, but how are they going to get supplies in and out? Because right. Max and the X-5s can't do that anymore. Yep. And then that line, we're made in America, we're not going anywhere, wants to make a stand. And, and I'm thinking, well, okay, that's well and good, but it's not very practical. So Yeah, I, I knew you were going to have issues with that. Well. And, and justifiably so. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying here. Like, But uh, on the other hand, if they, you know, the plan is we, we can leave a couple at a time. They won't get all of us, but then it's like, well, they'll get some of us. And what they do to those that they get caught is going to be terrible. So let's stay here and unite and circle the wagons and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we get to the closing scene. Normal's being interviewed and the reporter wants to know what these creatures are like. They're just like you and me, you know? And it's like just perfect. And then, hey, bip, bip, bip. Come on, those packages yep. aren't going to deliver themselves. Yep. One last bip, bip, bip. Uh, and, nice. th- and then we see the police and the National Guard holding the perimeter. And then Joshua and the others, I'm getting goosebumps right now, I swear. They raise the flag, which is now red, white, and blue. With right. Sp- and it, was, it was like the flag raising in Iwo Jima. Exactly. Purposely done like that. Space needle in the background. And mole and... I'm thinking like General Douglas MacArthur with the trademark cigar. I think MacArthur smoked a pipe. Oh, you're right. He did smoke a pipe. Yeah. You know, because I think what you were getting at earlier, and it's it's far more apropos. He's like the grizzled sergeant. Yeah. With the yeah, cigar. Like sergeant Rock. You yeah. ever read Sergeant Rock comics? I have not. No, I, okay. I know of them. But yeah. 
But yeah, Sergeant Rock always, you know, yeah, like the cigars stick out the side of his mouth, but the, the grizzled, yeah, yeah. I, you, that's it exactly. Yes. Um, and then the final scene, wearing gloves, Logan's holding Max's hand and just says, "Now look what you've done," and it was yeah. just perfect as yeah. as the as the series ends. And I'm not sure I've seen a better season finale. I mean, it was pretty darn good. I I was thinking of maybe doing a top ten list of spot on like series finales. I mean, I know they didn't know it was a series finale and didn't write it as a series finale. And, you know, I almost say I'm glad because I think it worked so well as it was. Had they known that this was going to be it, you know, they would have come up with some lame resolution at the end that would have been ultimately unsatisfying. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back to the finale in Sarah Connor Chronicles, because I don't think they realized. Oh, I know. That's the worst. Yeah. So, I think that's even worse than this one. Well, but well, I, this is close. It, they're, they're very close, as, as in just heartbreaking, you know, as the show is really opening up a whole new world that they can go to, and then it just gets shut down. Yep. But I'm going with an A+. Plus. I, I just can't, you know, I, I just I, can't. I'm not going to argue with you, dude. That an A plus it is. It was a fantastic show. It was really yeah. good. Yeah. So, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of information out there concerning where the show was headed. Should season three have proceeded? And, you know, I mentioned there's four novels, which I'm sure uh, a lot of you guys out there have probably already read. And, and apparently they had the blessing of Cameron and Charles Egley. One of them's a prequel to the events of the series, and then one picks up six months after Freak Nation. So, um, I, I, you know, I've got a bid on on the one that picks up after uh, Freak Nation. So uh, we'll see if I win it. Cool. Uh, I got a bid in a lacrosse head right now. Oh, so. nice. Otherwise, <laughs> I have to go to Amazon. But well, how much does it cost you, cheap bastard? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Putting a bid on a paperback book all right it's a trade paperback okay (laughs) (laughs) all right anything else you want to add to it uh oh okay there was just one because we we kind of we skipped over it and i was like ah we're we're to pass but right as they're the the police roll up on them outside jam pony before they go into jam pony mole points his shotgun at alex head and uh, Joshua is right behind Jem, and Jem kind of throws herself back at Joshua, grabs his hand with the gun, and points it at her own head. Like, come on, dummy. Yeah. So I thought that was just a funny little scene there. And you know, Jem, there's another character who was kind of looked was pretty strong and an interesting character. Um, would she have been involved more if uh, if the show had been gone on? Well, yeah, uh, Jem, and I think his name was Talbot, the guy that was with her. I thought they said porpoise, but I don't think that's it. Well, I think that was probably his nickname. <laughs> oh, or dolphin or something. Yeah, something like that. Dolphin, like that. Yeah, Jem and Dolphin. So yeah, I don't know what his real name is. Here. No, I think it was Talbot. But but Talbot, she okay. mentioned she got pregnant by her Manticore breeding partner. Breeding but partner, right. but we don't really know. Did she get pregnant while she was at Manticore? Because I, I assume so. Because of, like it, it wasn't a romantic like if it was after manticore fell there'd be no reason to do it right yeah true because i said was it romantic she's like no yeah good point (laughs) so So, uh so i think it clearly but are we are we less than nine months since manticore went down yes i'm always the timeline always is uh fuzzy for me i probably should have it written down somewhere yeah but i mean i i i guess so right because why would she be mating with her breeding partner outside of manticore if it weren't romantic, which she said it wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Well, the there you go. Yep. Well, the last thing I want to mention, and I know I've told you this, but I have a series preview that I've written that's set to appear on Den of Geek soon. And it's about a new six-part series that's produced in Australia. It's going to appear on Sundance TV called Clever Man. And I'll just say that, as I say in the review, fans of Dark Angel are going to notice a lot of similar thematic ideas. It's not a lighthearted show by any stretch, but it's really, I think, one of those shows that that it's going to be worth checking out. It's going to air June 1st, and I believe it'll go once a week, six episodes, I'll remind you, um, you know, it's it's one of those that some of the scenes are really difficult to watch, a lot like Freak Nation. You know, yeah. They just really yeah. cut to the core, but there's enough going on that, again, read the review <laughs> when it comes out. It's on Sundance TV. Sundance, right. Yeah, that's right. I was supposed to check out to see if I got that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Dark Angel or anything else you think we should be watching. Like to encourage you to join the Facebook group, and if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or v- or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the website. Now, we haven't finalized our upcoming schedule completely, but we are going to look at the Australian sci-fi tv series charlie jade next so i can't just remember pilot. yeah just the pilot i can't so remember whether it's on hulu uh, netflix or amazon prime it's available out there and right now we'll, we'll talk more at length uh next time but you know we're not necessarily going to commit to any full season yet so over the next probably two months or so probably fair to say six to eight uh, podcast. We're going to just look at individual pilots before we make a commitment to where we're headed. Right. Does that sound fair? That's. I, I like the idea. All right. So you guys can watch Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep you updated there. But until then, so I'm not sure what to think of this uh, this comment on Facebook I saw about us. You know, uh, two million years of human evolution, and this is what we get. You morons. What the hell? Did you get that? Tell me you got that. <laughs>